welcome to Butter With That. <laughs> uh, this is our second episode of our movie podcast. Just a couple of friends from Philly who uh, talk about movies mostly all the time. Um, and we work together. So this is how we, um, you know, find some joy in life. Right, guys? <laughs> yeah. True. Indeed. Yeah. Is that too dark or about, about No, that's point? about right. Great. Sounds what good. What else is there to live for? I, I really don't Cats. know. Cinema. Cats. Also, also, I need to say, just this being the second episode, and me, uh, we're trying to be a little bit more formal, so I'll be technically the host this week. But I really just want to say butta with that every single time. And I know part of it is because I've been hanging out with my really good friend who is also from Boston, but that is, like, all I want to say right now. Butta. Butta. Yeah, it's bad. You better right. believe it. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so this is our second episode. So we are still doing underrated movies uh, this week. Um, so we're going to get to what our major underrated movie is in a moment. But first, uh, we are going to do our segment as well as introductions, which is going to be Unfocus Group, where we just do some random uh, questions that we have written down. And we're going to pick one out randomly, right? Is that what we're doing now? Y- sounds good. Cool. So just from this pile? From that pile. Like 52 it's not card. actually in a bowl, so I'm just like moving a bunch of paper around on the floor right now. It's a 52 card pickup. <laughs> okay, guys. So, as you introduce yourself, you're also gonna answer Paul Giamatti, yay or nay. <laughs> hey, this is Christine here. Paul Giamatti is a definite yay. Sam here. Paul Giamatti, if it's Big Fat Liar, definite yay. Other than that, I'm I'm up Really, pass. you only like him in Big Fat Liar? Hell yeah. <laughs> Big and blue, perfect. Okay. Uh, Paul Giamatti, always yay, even when he's the rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, this is Tori here, right. and I'm going to say Paul Giamatti yay, mostly just because I'm thinking of the one episode of 30 Rock he was in, and he was really, <laughs> really gross and disgusting and hilarious. So, what was his yes. character in 30 Rock? Um, he just played, like, wh- what was it, like, one of the, like, editors or, like, tech dudes who just hung out in, like, the basement all the time. Um, yeah, I think it was a tech dude for their show. Let me yeah. guess, was he mumbling to himself the entire time? Episode. Not really. The, he was like flirting with Liz. I don't know why it was. It was, but he was very interesting in that. But I was also kind of just like, yeah, go good for you, Paul Giamatti, because mostly I just knew him from Sideways because my mom loved that movie and made me watch it a lot, like way more than any child should watch a movie about wine tastings and affairs in California. So it's Wait, a very mom movie. I feel Super like Paul movie. Giamatti pops up in like the most random movies. Wasn't he in Straight Outta Compton? I actually haven't seen Straight Outta Compton, so I, don't I haven't know. seen it either. I'm sorry. Well, we'll we'll go with that as tr- fact for now because I think so. Okay, great. But like, what a random movie for Paul Giamatti to it's be right. in. If 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 we're wrong, we'll just do corrections next time. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. Um, any uh, any final words about Paul Giamatti, guys? He looks like a sweaty man. Mm. He he is definitely a sweaty man. Yeah. He communicates grumble through his eyebrows all the time. Yes. Indeed. Okay, great. Well, now that we got that out of the way, uh, we are going <laughs> to come to our main part of the podcast, which is uh, this month, our underrated movie section. Uh, so 
since I'm the host, it's uh, my movie that we did this week, and it is the movie Lock from 2013, st starring Tom Hardy. Uh, so this was a movie that um, I just saw at some rinky-dink theater from, like, word of mouth uh, in 2013. I didn't know much about it. Um, it was a pretty low-budget movie. Um, it, made, it was uh, $2 million. I think I made $5 million in theaters, so it actually did pretty well, um, but... I feel like any time I've mentioned it to a person, they have not seen that movie. So I think also, too, like, given the cast, I feel like maybe more people should have known about it. So you have Tom Hardy, who is, of course, in a lot of different movies. Bronson is a really great movie that I love him in. Uh, also, he's going to be Venom, which is coming out soon. So that's pretty exciting. Definitely have to see that movie. Yeah. Um, I really hope it's good, but his accent is horrific in it. So... I did, don't know. Did anyone see the post that was like, what if Venom had <laughs> eyes? And oh, they put like googly, googly eyes? eyes? They put yes. googly eyes I also Venom. saw um, a slime Venom, like, or flubber uh, and Venom combination <laughs> video. But what I haven't, could I haven't that watched it. Be? Like flubber, like Robin Williams flubber? Yes. I'm going to wait for that as a little pick me up later on when I'm alone. So. Whoa. Like flubber battles Venom. It's just like a, a combination, apparently, of the two. Because you know who would win that. It's flubber. obviously flubber. Obviously. So, so sure. flubber got the symbiote. Mm. Oh, whoa. Is that what. The <laughs> That means I don't nothing. know. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, but man. if not, that's a perfect pitch for a movie that we have to do. 100%. Great. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got Tom Hardy. Uh, also, Tom Holland is in this movie, which a um, is a little... He's so little. Uh, so, the movie is basically like an hour and a half of Tom Hardy in a car by himself talking to people on the phone. Uh, so, he is... Riveting drama. Yeah. Um, it's, it sounds super boring, and I'm interested when we talk about, like, who watched the trailer, because when it was originally brought up to me as something I should go see, someone told me it was a thriller, uh, which it is definitely not a thriller. Uh, super basic <coughs> overview is basically Tom Hardy's character is a construction worker, and he is driving in the car um, a fair distance to go to the hospital to be with the woman whose uh, child um, that he had with is like about to give birth. Um, and this is not a woman that he is with. They had like a really quick one night stand one time. Uh, so he is married and he just found out the kid is going into labor and it's going into labor like two months early. So he also has to leave his job when they are about to have this really big um, cement pour for this new building that they're doing. Yeah, I know. They talk a lot about cement in this movie. It is stated in the movie, if I may interrupt, yeah, as for it. the biggest pour in the United Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> This what is a historic, you will find out what it is. I don't know, but you end up caring a lot about means. cement pours, and you're like, wait, he can't just leave that cement pour. No, 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 How no, is no. he going to do this? But you know what? This is a problem in the UK. D wasn't there a story a couple years ago of them, like, redoing a parking lot, and they found, like, bones of an old, like, monarch? But that's they just a thing Richard that happens. They found Richard bones. Yes! Richard! So, clearly. Dickie the Third. Maybe that was the most historic well, so now pours are a real big deal in the Got UK. it. That makes sense. So he has to leave his job while they're about to do this pour. And so, of course, his job isn't going to be happy about this. Um, he also has to tell his wife that, oops, he had an affair. And uh -oh. he's not going to be home tonight to watch the football game. I've got this kid now. Because he's got to go get the kid. And then he also has, like, the woman who he had sex with is kind of a little crazy. 
So he's dealing with her and his kids at the same time. So these are like the characters he's like going back and forth with while he's in the car. So Tom Holland is one of his kids. Um, Tom Holland in Spider-Man. Um, also Ruth Wilson, who if you haven't seen her in anything, she's a fantastic act- actress. I know her from the show Luther, which is really good. But yes. she also she did... plays the devil in Luther. Oh, she's but she's so good. so good. And then there's also this show I think called The Affair that she's in, but I haven't watched it because it looks very uninteresting. But anyway, she's a fantastic actress. Um, so yeah, this is like some of the main people who are in it. Um, you also have Olivia Coleman, who was in Broadchurch. She plays his wife. Uh, and also Andrew Scott, who was Moriarty in the BBC Sherlock with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. So it's a decent cast, and it's directed by Stephen Knight, who also has directed Taboo and Peaky Blinders, which uh, Tom Hardy's in both of those things. So he clearly likes Hardy. And uh, also Eastern he Promises, doesn't. which is super decent, and has one of my favorite people, Viggo Mortensen, in it. So this is That's the movie. Oh, Vigo Mortensen? And you said Gimli? No! <laughs> <laughs> I knew who Gimli was! Okay, good. <laughs> the the, yes, that dwarf. Yes, I thought dork. you said the dork. <laughs> oh, that little dork. What's what's his name in it, though, in Lord of the Rings? Vigo his name is Aragorn, or you right. introduced to him as Strider. Okay. Because yeah. I got, I was remembering when we were watching it, I was like, is, it, is that Boromir? Who is that? Is Boromir a character? Boromir is a character. That Great. is uh, Sean Bean. Oh, who always dies. Got it. Classic. Yeah, classic Spoilers. dead guy. Spoilers. Get, uh, dead guy. Yeah. Is there another mirror? A, a what? In the movie? His brother? Uh, It is... Ugh, crap. Fuck, I forget what his brother's name it's is. It's like the same. It's like Baromir, it's right? Th- it's Theramir, I think, but I'm going to have to check on that because I love Lord of the Rings. If I say the wrong thing, I'm going to like beat myself up about it later. So Corrections. Corrections, you know, yeah. Um, But, I mean, everyone has really similar names. I mean, his love interests are um, Erwin and Eowyn, so there you go, Uh, (laughs) right there. Easy Um, to make a mistake. You know what, Tolkien, you know, you just do your thing. What a hack. You know what? (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. First off. (laughs) Oh, boy. Fuck off. I think Tori's having a stroke. I mean, come on now. You, You guys know this is important to me. Um, I mean, I just bought a magazine of Newsweek. I don't need because it has it's all about J.R.R. Tolkien. So he's an incredible world builder. All right. Anyway, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. Anyway, Connor, just... let's see you write a language. I yeah, yeah, get fucked, Connor. <laughs> Sorry. There I, are children I read... who actually speak Elvish. Like their parents spoke it, and they grew up speaking it. This is Whoa. a big deal. Okay. In re- real I... life. In how, real life, this how is are those a thing. Kids doing? Probably not great. <laughs> that's our that's our producer Dave in the corner. <laughs> no, peanut Valid over question. There. I have no idea, but I think someone should do some like. Um, Where are they now? Yeah, right. I don't know. I would read that case study on like children who grew up speaking Elvish. It's got to be interesting. I tried to teach myself in middle school, but it didn't work. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's... That was Lord of the Rings cast. That was me talking about Lord of the Rings. It'll probably happen often. Um, so yeah, so, you know, similar format to the first episode where, uh, one of us watched the movie who hadn't seen it yet. Um, someone watched the trailer and someone is basing all of their points on reviews. So we're going to start with the trailer, which was Connor. So Connor, what did you think of Locke simply from the trailer? Yeah, so I have not seen Locke. I was very confused. Because this trailer is just Tom Hardy in a car. Yes. And this trailer loved its reviews. 
there were probably probably cut to like ten different reviews throughout the like one minute forty second trailer. It opens with this like what feels like a paragraph from lots somebody. Lots of leafy parentheticals. Yeah, and there's lots of just like mm. I love this Good movie. Word. <laughs> leafy parentheticals. Damn. Yeah. That's I love when you that. know it's won all the you know, all the awards. I feel like all that'd be a really things. good podcast about Sundance. <laughs> Leafy parentheticals. <laughs> yes. Or uh, a great band name. Either way, save it. Archive um, that shit. Yeah, so it's just Tom, I was very confused because it was just Tom Hardy in a car. Well, don't feel confused. That is the movie. Now I'm glad I know, I know that's the movie. Yeah. Um, so I wrote down some thoughts. At first, I was really hoping that he was a Domino's delivery driver. <laughs> oh, and that this was the most, like, epic Domino's delivery ever. If anything, we need to get him to do a parody video of him. Like on SNL? This. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that was, like, Tom Hardy in the car the whole time? It's, like, definitely has me interested. And I was really curious to see what cinematography would look like in a movie where he's just in a car and all you have is like the street lights and there's like some police sirens in it. There's random views of the highway and like exit signs and stuff. Yeah. So in my head canon, he's a delivery Domino's delivery driver who has to make a really big haul because it's senior week at some British <laughs> university. Mm. Uh, and I was also confused because it took me a second like, wait, is the steering wheel on the wrong side? And then I realized that it's set in England. It is. Yeah. So it was a confusing trailer. Uh, I think they say cement in the trailer. Okay, so what I described, you didn't really get too much except for the car aspect. No, oh, okay. almost exclusively the car right. aspect. And Would then you... he has an annoying kid. Who's like, Daddy, are you coming home for the game? Which I Wait, think is, is Tom, that Tom Holland? Holland? <laughs> is that Tom Holland? Watch yeah. your mouth, Connor. But the whole movie, he's like, Daddy, are you coming back for the game? He's like, no, I'm gonna, not going to be home tonight. And I'm not going to be home tonight. And that's like, it happens several times. Well, because it's probably a big it. game and the kid's it really is. excited. He's like, I want my dad here. And yeah. the dad's Because like, you know how they feel about soccer. Yeah. Slash football overseas. Yeah. Yes. So English delivery driver English can't delivery be with his driver. kid for the big game. Okay. So it, is anything like what is said in the trailer? Because like it's it's all like dialogue based because so, of the way the movie is. So it's a lot of like white knuckle on the steering wheel. Mm. Of like he's very tense. You see his like dashboard of like calling people. He's with his son, his wife. He's like, I'm gonna be home late. It's like okay. And then it's kind of just like, <laughs> just kind of something. My guess Riveting. is the trailer the probably is. looks like a sleek car commercial. It does. Because that is what I thought for the first five minutes of the movie, that this is a Mercedes-Benz that has all of the nicest phone features, stitched leather seats, and a hot guy sitting in a car. I mean, some of those Matthew McConaughey car commercials look like legit movies at first. So, car commercial, <laughs> Domino's commercial. I think it, this trailer could really be applied to anything. Great. Um, so, yeah. But um, I was intrigued, and I do want to watch it. Okay, great. Yeah, well, it is on Netflix, which is great. Um, so I didn't have to... N neither of us had to pay for it, which is always a good thing. Unlike last week. Three ninety nine. Venmoed my mom. I'm like, hey, mom, sorry. Um, cool. So you don't get much from the trailer. Good to know. Uh, but it was intriguing. It was like intriguing. It, it drew me into the good. world of his car. Okay. <laughs> and what a vast wow. world it is. If you want to talk about world builders, step aside, chair or Tolkien, and get into Tom Hardy's We've got car. The under seat. Okay, the middle but who seat, wouldn't want to? The top seat. And you wouldn't believe what's in the trunk. <laughs> oh god, if only there was something in the trunk. It's probably like, more cement. It, it probably How is, is it's not the scene trailer. I know. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um, cool. So, so that's my trailer report. 
Thank you, Connor. I appreciate it. And Sam, you read the reviews for Locke. So what was going on there? I did. So um, let me start this off by saying it got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is considered certified fresh. So, that's good, right? Yeah, yeah. that's great. Okay. Yeah. Um, audience score was a little bit lower. It was 72%. Um, that doesn't really mean anything. What really means something is what people, <laughs> people. actually said. Yeah. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Um, so, based on the reviews that I read, both like on Rotten Tomatoes, on IMDb, and like everywhere else, people post reviews, which is everywhere, like on Amazon. Um, people love writing reviews. They certainly do. I have been known to write a review or two. Anyway, um... Either people loved it or they hated it. There was no in between. Um, I found a few that I thought were kind of memorable. Um, so most people said that Tom Hardy's performance was just like out of this world. It was. Um, and they're like, all the awards for Tom Hardy, like this is an incredible piece. Like you can tell that this man is like an incredible actor just by this movie because it's so compelling and it's just him in a car. So bear with me but there's this one review that's pretty long that i thought was really great though um so they began and i have no idea who this was um the accuracy morality and the strong willpower that is implanted in the protagonist made it essential for it to converse alone to to its shrink which is brought into the limelight through its complex issues with his journey Stephen Knight the writer director focuses on building up the character's perspective to a point where every fictional theory justifies its rational or irrational decision the execution is quite smart especially when it had to fill those little gaps between the calls that helps the audience breathe and account in the emotion and the thought processing questions raised in here Tom Hardy is stunning in here mainly because the equation projected with each individual character is never piled up in here. Not too sure what they mean by that. But his performance, even though this chaotic night has a strong, effective impact on him, his character shows the affection of the writer towards it. Locke is a rare cinematic feature that resembles a lot with an old classic theatrical play mm -hmm. as its originality and soul not only touches the audience but communicates easily with them. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was really fascinating. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, um, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. you had people who were just like, they'd be like, one star and nothing. Just one star and had nothing to say. Because they probably thought it was going to be, like, drive. Well, and based, <laughs> off, know, based thought... off of the, like, trailer, clearly you don't know anything about this movie until you watch it. I, I thought at first it was I'd going to be, like, drive. the marketing team got it wrong. Well, they put it, I mean, the trailer had all those, like, what'd you say? Leaf, leafy parentheticals? Leafy parentheticals. I was like, but, Sundance Award, Sundance Award, you won't believe how amazing Tom Hardy is. But based on, like, what the movie is actually about, I don't necessarily know if I would be drawn to that, um, like, what the, like, I would be drawn to that. Like, like him oh, driving to his baby dude's mama? Dude's in a car going to his baby mama. I'd be like, oh, okay, like, maybe I'll watch it. I don't need to go to the theater for this or anything, you know? Like, I think... I don't know, maybe there was something kind of smart about the marketing with, like, not leaving a lot out there. Because at the end, like, I mean, you, you kind of mention it. You are kind of just, like, watching this dude trying to do the right thing and seeing him rationalize everything in his head, even though, like, his life is falling apart around him. It's interesting that the, that review brings up, like, a theatrical tone. Because yes. it definitely had some Shakespearean moments when he's finished with a call and then he looks in the rearview mirror and is like, I know what you're thinking, father. 
You think that I'm a no good. Your ghost will not haunt me forever. Does I'm he like, say that? It's so good. You see the clearly thinks he's fucking. You Hamlet. see the mirror and him looking into it, into the empty back seat, <laughs> talking to like his dad, ghost, imaginary friend person. I have a question. Would this work as a play? Like, <laughs> wait, I would love to see a car built on a stage and Tom Hardy's just sitting on the car without any of Tom the Hardy. sleek lighting, without any of the cool music, huh. and it's just him. T- no, no, I bet there's an interesting say. way you could do it, though. Mm. I wonder if you actually see the characters around him with all this other stuff going on. I mean, on. I think they could be like literal ghosts in his car talking to him. Oh, it's weird. I like but Not it. like, no, I don't mean literal ghosts. But, like, the characters, as they're on the phone with him, like, go into the car. And, like, as more people fit into the car, does that, like, weigh down, like, his mind, his soul of, like, So join us in 2019 for our Broadway debut of Luck. Uh, probably not the musical, locked but the we'll talk about it. <laughs> He's not the only one locked in the car. <laughs> You're all locked in this theater until it ends. Um, Can okay, I cool. talk about the the negative yeah, review? Yeah, please, please give us a negative. So this is One from a person review. called... Actually, it's two and a half. Oh, um, generous. Yeah. So it's from a person called Film Crazy, who is a super reviewer. So you know they're right. Yeah. So they say, whilst Hardy delivers a performance that draws you in, it's nothing more than one man sitting in a car dealing with his life choices. Honestly, that made me laugh out loud. Couldn't you say that about almost every movie? A man dealing with his life choices. A man dealing with his Sitting life choices. In a car dealing with his life. Yeah, well, that's the, the like the whole movie. Got it. Well, anyway, I wonder what he would want. What film, do you What do you think he'd want? Film crazy. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, if you if you're bringing Tom Hardy into the mix, you know you've got like an action hero just like waiting for the opportunity. So probably like. Him getting out of the car. You know, at least that. Does he get out of the car? He, he no. gets in the car, but he does not get out of he the car. He does not get out of it. He's so still driving at the end of the movie. How far away I'll is say this the one He's reason, pretty close. No, it's an out... It, you're like, okay, I know exactly how long this movie is going to be. Because at the beginning, he's like, I will be home. Or no, I will be at the hospital in 90 minutes. And you're like, okay, so this, so this, this movie is going to be 90 minutes So this long. movie's in real time. Pretty much. Yeah. Which is also kind of an interesting choice. I will say the one reason I don't... Well, I think one reason I was glad that this story is translated through film is because one of the final scenes... So you... Maybe this is jumping too much towards the end, but after you've gone through this entire process as he's talking to a bunch of people on the phone, going through two big, big life crises, the birth of this child and the biggest poor in the history of mankind. (laughs) I'm glad we're getting back Um, to that. The final scene is him taking like an exit, which I assume is towards the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then the shot pans out to the full highway, which I thought was such an effective way of being like, this is literally just a story about a dude in his car (laughs) Getting stressed out and sweating a lot. But it was kind of a nice (laughs) shot to be like, this is just one thing out of, one story out of many that are going on on one night, random weekday night on this highway right outside of London, which I thought was like a really cool way to, (laughs) this is just one story of many. (laughs) And that was deep shit with Christine. (laughs) Thank you. Join me next time. It like pans out and you hear like voiceovers from other cars of random stuff going on in other people's cars. I'm going to drive off the bridge. 
I'm going to take all of you with me. <laughs> so this Everyone on the highway is in a bad mood, <laughs> clearly. Except for one person. Except for one person. Except one person who's just, like, listening to classical music. Mm. Yeah. Like, my life. Just uh, NPR, they're like, mm, yes. Can we go back yeah. to the big poor? So what does Tom Should Hardy we, well, do? So, Rewind. So, and... yeah, let's, um, let's go to Christine then, because Christine okay. has seen the movie as well. For the first time. And it's been real hard, because this was, what, like, two weeks now since you've seen it and I've wanted to talk to you about this the whole time and I'm really trying to like reel it all in so we'll start half thoughts and then be like no 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 well, I was like oh, I can't do this <laughs> leave me uh, alright what'd you think I really really enjoyed it um, I thought I really did think Tom Hardy's performance was really strong in that he it's his character he maintains this very intense, odd tone that took me kind of a while to get used to. Mm. The way that he delivered every line was just so calculated and even-keeled. Like, everything he spoke was him further, like, determining in his own mind that the choices that he was making were the ones that he wanted to be making and the one thing you mentioned earlier which was a great or in our previous previous conversations mm. which was a great question is like what is this guy's deal yeah i have it written down here too i'm like i can't tell if he's a sociopath or not it's it's like he the at the beginning of the movie you are figuring out why you're going to be sitting with this guy for 90 minutes and mm-hmm. whether it's going to be worth your time but yeah. then you're piecing together not only who he's who is he talking to but also, what is the deal with his character? Mm-hmm. So it's like he's talking, he gets calls first from his boss, or... Yeah, he's talking to, like, the one of, like, the main guys in charge of it. And, like, so I don't know if it, like, is really spoiling anything, but, like, almost immediately within the first ten minutes of the movie, he gets fired because he's leaving the job. He because tells people his are pissed. boss... But the big poor is happening! Big poor. It That's... is a big poor, guys. Is that so how they, like, they refer to that he's as? Like, I am not constantly. coming in at 5 a.m. tomorrow for the biggest poor in history because I have to. I have a family <laughs> matter to take care of, and his boss is like, "You fired." And then, yeah. then he has to call his. I guess it's like his second in command his, too. Yeah. yeah, whatever the hierarchies are in the cement world, mm-hmm. he has to call Donald. Donald. <laughs> Donald. Who is, uh, who is Andrew Scott? Um. That's a uh, uh, dude from Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. M- Moriarty. He has to call Moriarty and be like, "I need you. I'm going to talk you through this cement pour. You're going to take over for me." Wait, um, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. But like, if he's your second in command, why can't he know how to do a big pour? Donald is so unreliable. He is very unreliable. <laughs> he is also like as it, the story progresses he also is talking to Donald at one point he's like are you drunk right now? So Donald's also stressed out and drinking cider apparently and just like Donald gets progressively yeah. more intoxicated over got the course it, of yeah. Tom Hardy's care. what's his name? Uh, this is what's his he always introduces himself I can't remember what his name is. Okay. Ivan Locke Ivan Locke. This is yeah. Ivan Locke his name is not Ivan Locke. His Lock. name is, is Ivan Locke. Lock. 
And so he's talking Donald through the processes of getting ready for this pour. And dealing with all these different people, like dealing with road closures, making sure that they have like a team to help, I don't know, like lock something down. I don't know anything about uh, big pours. Lock something down? And so you've got this crisis going on. Uh, where you're like, is this going to happen? Is he going to be able to build the biggest monument? Which in, yeah, I don't know, wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, the that aspect of Dover, it, I don't know. Like him trying to get though. all the bits and pieces to work, I thought was almost more interesting than the whole, like, his wife is pissed because right. he, like, fucked some person, like, seven months ago. So at the same time, then we have him calling and receiving calls with his family. Yeah. Um... And he's, he has to tell his wife that he is driving to the hospital uh, where the like child this child is being born with this woman that he basically had sex with only once. Yeah, and she's, like, older. He always says, like, oh, she was much older. She was a recluse. He felt kind of bad for her. So also he's talking to her, and she's kind of a nut job also. And so it's, like, and then he's talking his wife through what he thinks he can, like, he basically thinks he can solve both of these crises by talking people through yep. this like process of thinking. And you realize that the more that he talks and the more that he thinks he's in control of both situations, he's so wildly out of control. And so and you you learn that his tone, this this very slow manner of speaking makes him effective. Maybe in his job, mm-hmm. he had the perfect family, the two uh, fucking annoying kids yeah. um, coming <laughs> home to watch family. the perfect exactly family. Exactly what you want. Yeah. But yet he's got this like intense hubris in thinking that he can control both situations and everything will turn out right yeah. for him. Maybe Which, he and is watching Hamlet. that transformation is yeah, like a tragic really, figure. Really yeah. interesting. But he's a he's like the opposite Hamlet. Hamlet is like, what the fuck to do? <laughs> like, tell me what to do. No, it's like he knows from the moment it's he gets exactly in his car what he's gonna do. But yet, over the course, he gets like his own psyche gets even more unraveled as he's making his way to the hospital and realizing things are mm-hmm. wildly out of his control. Like this guy is clearly a control freak. Yes, that and is he it. he made this mistake while away on a big job and this one like teeny pull in the thread has like rippled through and wrecked his entire life. And like he says it too, like he's talking to himself in the car and he just says like, make one mistake and the world comes crashing down around you. That's, and that's in the trailer. that's what you're dealing with. That's in the trailer, that and line. And... What I think is interesting, so he gets fired, like, ten minutes in, but he's like, okay, that's fine, I get it, you guys have to do what you gotta do. The big pull. But. <laughs> the big pull. But he says, like, but, I'm gonna make sure this works out. So I'm gonna be on the phone with Donald this whole time, I am gonna Donald. walk him through every single step, and I am gonna make sure that tomorrow runs smoothly, even though I'm fired, and even though I'm not there. So there's something super admirable about this guy, also, where... He might be, like, kind of a bastard, like, kind of a dick, but at the same time, like, he's trying so hard in this moment to do exactly what he thinks is right. I mean, I did also have a thought. If I was in a tricky situation, I'd want to call Ivan Locke and be like, please talk me through whatever I'm Maybe he'd be a great therapist, now that he's fired and not working on concrete. Yeah. Or then again, right, he'd be... He'd be a control freak therapist. He would, yeah. He'd... Does he not lie to his wife to try to get, like, ahead of the no, situation? No, 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 no. So it's so fascinating because you're like, wow, I guess in a weird, twisted sort of way, 
you are you're being honest but in a in a way that doesn't like validate her emotion and her feel it was just such an interesting way to talk about You're talk right. to his wife his wife is like and his, the wife is as you said olivia coleman who is such a great actress great. and i think this movie is also a great testament to the quality of voice acting that all of these characters mm -hmm. showcase in this movie conveying intense emotion and yeah. like drama just through friggin' car phone um and i feel like the wife you hear her listening and and then basically countering all of his talk about everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. Everything will be the way it is. I don't love her. We're, I'm going to, I'm trying to go to the hospital to do the right thing to be with her, but I love you all very yeah. controlled, all very even. And it, she's like, you don't understand. Yeah. And there's that line. That's amazing. The, he's like, that only happened once. And then there's that line, the difference between once and the, and never is the world. Yeah. That's and a good one. she brings up some yeah, that's good. really amazing points. And yet he, he's just still so in his head. He keeps saying like, all I want to know is that I can come home tomorrow and talk to you. Like, all I want to know is that I'd be welcome to the house, but you're right. He doesn't validate her feelings at all, which like, I, I probably didn't think about that enough. Like all he does is like do his like logic voice of like how he talks to every other person it's just like, yes, I did this thing, it wasn't great, but I want to come home tomorrow and I want to talk about it, but I also need to be in this kid's life because my dad wasn't in my life. So he's like, this kid needs to know me and he needs to see my face, which is very interesting. Right, because then you have the backstory about the relationship with him and his father. Yeah, who clearly did stuff like this, like, and didn't care. Like, he just was like, oh, yeah, I got, like, kids with all these ladies, that sort of thing. And so, like, part of him, like, talking to his dad in the car is like, like, see this? Like, I'm going to make sure all this fucking works. Like, you didn't do this. I'm going to do it the right way. Yeah, fear of becoming your father. Yeah. Sins of the father. And he has some great lines, too. Like, one of the things I wrote down was, like, he was like, no matter what the situation is, you can fix it. And then he also says, like, you have to be solid. And, like, it... <laughs> like cement? Yeah, oh. like cement, right? It all it all oh. comes back. And, and as the cement pour drama and the baby drama start merging in his brain he's talking to donald and he goes the concrete will come and i will take care of it and you're like dude <laughs> you are unraveling he also says he also says which i love uh you don't trust god when it comes to concrete yes that's such <laughs> can a good i ask a question too. about the concrete <laughs> Did it work? Did it happen? Did it the seems like he got everything to work. Like, okay. out of everything else that he fucked up, like, and, like, there's all this drama, too, where it's like, oh, they didn't get certain road closures, so then he's, like, trying to call in favors to, like, um, you know, like, people in communities and stuff. So he's, like, late at night trying to get a hold of people and making this stuff work. They don't have anyone on site, so then he makes, like, Donald go and find this crew he knows of somewhere. And so, honestly, I think that was one of the most, he like... He makes Donald run drunk. Yes. Over yeah. to this, like, for hire crew... Random for hire crew at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Which is only <laughs> the one of the only times where he seems, like, actually amused also is like he's kind of laughing with donald where he's like run like fucking run like the whole time to like get him to go do this thing yeah when does he leave his house or the work site like because i guess is he leaving his work site at like one in the morning yeah so maybe the timeline isn't right maybe it well, is only it's, like ten, the, the like game eight. is gonna come on yeah so, so not it's, 3 a.m yeah. but maybe like, got it but it's late yeah like people yeah like people aren't at work like got people it. are settling in the you know 
his crazy baby mamas at the hospital like do you love me and that's another thing i love he goes he was just like how could i love you oh, yeah. and oh. then she hangs up but like they, they i mean to be fair they had sex once seven months ago and she's like do you love me and he's just like no fucking no of course not but also like he doesn't validate anyone's feelings so he doesn't know how to say anything in a caring way how does he talk to his son he is like he's pretty sweet with his kids, but it's like hard because also the kids are like watching the game and they're like, "Yeah, dad, I don't know what's going on. Like mom's in the bathroom crying. I don't know why she's not watching the game." So like the kids don't know and it's actually kind of heartbreaking. Or or uh, the kid really annoyed me because he was a narrative device to like create this like miscommunication in the face. So it's like True. He's talking to his son and he's like, can you put your mom on the phone? And the kid like is not registering that the mom is throwing up in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he mentions it. He's like, oh, she might be sick. I don't know She's what's going on. She's sick in the bathroom. Yeah. But the game, dad, the game is like And she got those sausages you like and she got your favorite beer, dad. And he does this like for multiple conversations and you're like, come on, kid. You know something is going wrong. Wait. But the movie has to make him the clueless like yeah. child that won't shut up about this football match or excuse me oh yes the footy match a- in order to create this situation in which like the naive young son is just still this innocent mm-hmm. and then the mom is like the one racked with like a f- yeah. or she's the one that has to bear this yeah intense Sam what were, what were you sadness. trying to say yeah. father like son you're saying that Tom Hardy Ivan Knock doesn't take into consideration anyone else's feelings. He's just worried about his life, his mistakes, and how he's going to take responsibility for them. Well, doesn't it sort of sound like the kid's doing the same thing? Where it's like, I'm only concerned about what's happening in my life. I don't really care about what's going on with the mom. Mm. So, like, much... And, and like, you can see this reflected in just, like, actual real life, right? So, like, a parent always tries to correct the wrongs of, like, their parent and then creates... A different monster. Or maybe it's, like, per- like purposeful ignorance. Like, maybe the kid knows something is wrong, but he really doesn't want right. to accept and also, that, like, something, like, terrible is happening around them. And so, how old is the kid? I don't know. And we're talking Tom Hardy. They're Hart- both, like, um, teenager-ish. Yeah. Tom Holland. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about when you were, like, 12. I couldn't grasp. I mean, you, you know, like big things are happening but if your parents are like first of all i mean this kind of came out of nowhere right and so all mm-hmm. you know is your mom is sick you're trying to be like okay well i don't really know what else is going on so i'm just gonna try to keep it together and focus on the one thing that makes sense yeah mm, yeah and i think you get you definitely get hints of that too like his son is one of the last people he talks to and it just kind of end on this note like don't worry like you know the football match went great guys i know that's what you're worried about but they're team one so Good. But, like, then he's like, okay, like, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow, you know? Like, so, like, you kind of get this feeling that, all right, like, things are going to happen, like, you know, the way they fucking happen. But, you know, it kind of, yeah, it, like, ends with this, like, all right, like, I'm still talking to my kids. Like, we're still, you know, trying to make this work as best we can. But I don't know. It's just, like, an interesting, it's an interesting study on just, like, one person trying his hardest to control everything and do what he thinks is right in his head um even though maybe like you know it it isn't the right thing or maybe like he isn't handling it or treating people well in his life yeah um well thank you yeah thank you guys for for all of your opinions and stuff it's kind of interesting to also know like i mean the reviews seem like pretty point on but also just the fact that like 
it comes off like I don't know a Domino's delivery dude in the <laughs> the trailer is interesting too because yeah like I I've never watched the trailer so I have no idea how they were trying to advertise this. I was hoping it was a Domino's delivery. Honestly, what a twist that would have been, you know. This pizza's getting cold. <laughs> I have this 30 minutes. Pizza delivery and you. This and has to go name. right. You don't trust God when it comes to pizza. <laughs> comes to pizza. Can you wow. open the door? I got your pizza. Sorry, it's locked. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. We did it. All right. Yeah, so we uh, yeah, we definitely locked this down. Right, guys? All right. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> and, and so, Kay. Tori, you're saying that it's it's underrated because... Um, it wasn't like a, a big pull in at the box office. Yeah, it's small budget, small yeah, like small amount of money made. I mean, they made more than they spent on it, but um, yeah, not a lot of people know about it. It's a great movie, but yeah, like I just, I don't think it's something that people are that interested in, especially if you've apparently read any of the reviews. You're like, oh, dude in a car, cool, I'm good. <laughs> I'll watch. I'll take that hour and a half and watch something else, you know. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think that like. If you if you like something that really goes into just like dialogue in a person's life, like I kind of think of it almost like um, I'm a really big Salinger fan, and if you've ever read uh, Franny and Zoe, it's just a conversation between a brother and a sister, and like kind of like delving into the super dysfunctional family, but it's just them talking, and on the surface it's really boring, but when you really start to think about these people and what their dynamics are and how things are going. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to think about humans and how weird and fucked up we all are. Right. Yeah. And going indeed. back to Christine's thought as the car zooms out, see all of the cars, right? We're all Driving dealing down with the... it. I, yeah. I thought that was a pretty effective, uh, <laughs> device. <laughs> nice, uh, cinematic device. I know. No, mine would be like, I recommend, that everybody yeah. see this movie. I'm How just many... thinking last phone call I made was like to the pizza place to order a sandwich. So like not not very riveting drama there. How many Tom Hardys out of Tom Hardys would you give this movie, Christine? Oh. Uh all of them? <laughs> all the Tom Hardys. The I Tom mean Har it's it's you know I mean, there was there was a hard scale to conceptualize in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I like all the Tom Hardys. Um yeah, I mean if you're like trying to figure out like oh i wonder if tom hardy is a good actor or not you know i think this really shows like he he is really interesting to watch the whole time he's got a weird fucking accent i don't know what kind of accent that is if it's just the weird inflections he's making or if it is this like very niche like dialect or something but it's really good I don't know. I it convinces me that if I talk slow enough, I'll have all of just like practice decisions for made for me. And you'll figure out the pour. I'll figure out the pour. You're of gonna my make life. the big pour work. Um, cool. Well, thanks. I'm glad we got to talk about this. I really love this movie, so I'm also just glad that like I got someone to watch it, and also got some people to be interested in talking about it because I think it's really great. Is this your favorite Tom Hardy movie? Um, whew, that is a tough one. Um, I actually, another movie that I almost thought about picking, uh, is also a Tom Hardy movie called The Drop, uh, with James Gandolfini in it. It's one of James Gandolfini's last movies, and it is also really, really great, and I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it, but, um, I think that would also be up there with one of my favorite Tom Hardy movies. Speaking of Tom Hardy movies that are really great and really showcase his acting ability, Legend is so good so oh i haven't seen legend. I legend yeah i know i need to um 
God, I've, I've seen this a long time ago, so my memory of this movie might not be so great. Um, but Tom Hardy plays twins. Yes. Um, and they get caught up in... And one's, like, kind of on the straight and narrow. The other one's, like, a little crazy. And um, they're, like, involved in the mafia, I want to say. Um, so it's all about, like, their rise and fall to power. It's really good. It's mm. really good. Whenever anybody mentions twins, I always have to think of the... Um... Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. Classic. Excellent so movie. He also does have a thing about like organized crime movie because the drop also well, deals with that a little bit. And he's also going to be playing Peaky Blinders. Don't you, I don't want to talk about him as Al Capone. Okay. I love him mm. and think he is a sexy bitch, but I do never want to see him dressed as Al Capone. He who shall not be named. Yeah, exactly. Um, Big old fish lips Capone. There's also Bronson. Like, also, like, you know, in prison, dealing with, like, organized crime type stuff, too. So it's, like, interesting. That... Inception organized crime? Yeah. Oh, but he's Actually, really first good movie, movie I saw him in, and I was like, who is this, like, devilish, like, adorable Englishman? And now he's a thing. Now he's going to be Venom and have a really obnoxious New York accent. Oh, I'm so. so excited for the accent. Oh, God. I mean, I have a thing about New York anyway, because I'm from Boston, but still. Like, you know. What's the thing that Tom Hardy says in the trailer, Venom? That's, like, really nasty. He makes that noise a lot. Okay, no. N- nowhere near that. Um, yes. <laughs> it's like he's walking out of the, uh, like, convenience store. And he's uh-huh. like, I've got a parasite in me or something. And you're like, ew. You're right. He does. I just saw that the other day. <laughs> Wait. He's, like, sweating is, profusely. Yes. There's this old, like, day Asian character. Eddie Brock. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Brock. What's his deal? What's his... He's a, he's a, he's a photographer. He's a reporter. He's a buff photographer? Yes. Oh. He's fucking buff. Or he was fucking Topher reporter. Grace. Or Topher Grace in, in Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. Oh, God. Mistake. Yeah. He's Mistake. A Peter Parker's rival at the Daily Bugle in the comics. Yeah. And Tom Holland may appear in Venom. Ooh. So a reunited cast. I Father know. and son. He's like, Dad, the game. Oh, did you catch the game? <laughs> and Venom just, like, eats his face. <laughs> Great. Um, cool. Well, I think we, we got this down. Um, so I guess we're going to move on to our, our final part of the show, which is our whiteboard question. Uh, so I think we tried to kind of explain this for the first one, but uh, it might not make sense to people. We call it whiteboard question because we all work at the same place and there is a whiteboard that we just put questions on all the time that are random, but most of them have to do with movies. So we've been inspired by our whiteboard um that has given us so much throughout our um you know boring days and are now writing questions off of this so our whiteboard question that we have to wrap things up today is what movie would be better by turning everyone into babies like muppet babies (laughs) Uh, so I don't know if anyone wants to go in any particular order, but if you have one right off the bat, you want to start talking about Sam. Can I ask a clarifying question? I, um, I'm reading right off the note card, so I don't know if you can. Well, I guess like, let's, <laughs> let's clarify this as a group then. Great. Um, the plot stays the same. Yes. I think as close to the same as possible. You okay. might like make like little changes Small here and there. adjustments. Changing some props. For the smaller babies. size. <laughs> like if they're drinking a lot, maybe they're drinking milk. Like okay. maybe it's kind of, um, you know. Yeah, but like nothing exactly. too big. Yeah. Got it. I got I got one right away. iPhone, but it's just like a play phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that lock? Yes. 
He's just he's just in one of those like teeny like oh cars my. you got at Toys R Us. Being pushed by his mom in Toys R Us in the yes. car. Yes. Okay. Ivan Locke here. Baby Locke here. Go um, ahead, the big toy. No. Connor, what do you got? So, one movie that would be made infinitely better if everybody was turned into babies is the Warriors. I knew it. Oh, God Teens. damn it. No, I was going to say The Warriors. What is The Warriors? Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. You beautiful, innocent angel. 1970s. I also have never seen it. Great. Thanks, Christine. Oh, God. 1970s classic film about New York gangs and all of them coming together to try to unite. But then somebody assassinates the person who brings them together, and then it's anarchy. And then the Warriors, they're the titular gang that we follow. They're from Coney Island. And then ah. the beginning of the movie, you follow them on the train all the way up. They go to the Bronx, right? Mm. They go to yes. the Bronx, take the train all the way up, and then they have to... They're, yeah, they're from Coney Island, mm-hmm. so it's all the gangs meeting. All meeting in the Bronx, yeah. and then they have to fight their way back to Coney Island. Okay. And there's... So basically what happens is there's this meeting of the gangs. They're trying to get all the gangs to kind of be on the same page and just be like, fuck the cops, which like, yeah, right on, man. Um, but what happens is one of those leaders gets, um, gets killed at the meeting and the warriors are blamed for it. Mm-hmm. So then oh. all the other gangs start going after the warriors. So they're trying to get back to Coney Island. While okay. all these other gangs are happening, which I, I think, it. like, Connor, you should probably describe what some of these baby gangs are going to look like. <laughs> so, one of my favorite gangs is the is this gang of baseball players. Yes. Who dress up in this, like, baseball paint with, like, the eye patch and, like, white faces. They have, like, helmets on and suits. I think you have a lot of fun making tiny costumes oh, for tiny yes. babies. They look like of... mimes, but in yeah. baseball costumes. Yeah. Super creepy. Um, you have this group called, called the, the, Le- the Lizzie's. The Lizzies. the Lizzies. It's a bunch of ladies. A bunch of ladies who just hang out, and then it's sort of a trap for the warriors. And what made me think about this in the first place was the movie could be called The Warriors. Womp womp. A lot of violence that could be replaced with fun, like, kitty toys. Like, instead of, like, a gun that kills Cyrus, the main guy, it could be, like, a little dark gun that oh, gets like him. a nerf And gun. Cyrus wears this, like, big robe, so it could be, like, a kid wearing his, like, dad's robe. I'm also picturing, so the main character, the guy who you're kind of rooting for is Swan, who mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, so great. Um, I'm just picturing, picturing him as like a Tommy Pickles type yeah. character. Like he's got the vest and just the diaper and that's it. It but feels the, the caveat of this is you have to remove uh, Axel altogether. That's fine. You can remove Axel. Because James Remar is who just is Axel? the character in this movie. He that's is, true. He's literally <laughs> raped the character. Which is unfortunate because he's also, like, very good looking when he's young. And then you're like, oh, man, I hate you real fast. But I think that this could be a fun romp about babies <laughs> break like, different daycares. They're coming together at some central meeting point trying to, like, be for something. Maybe they're against... All the babies fighting the parents. Yeah, fighting the pa- maybe the parents are taking away nap time. Mm. How do the babies get on the train? They, they, they have little carts. They just kind of waddle around. Um, it's it, maybe it's not a train. Maybe it's all like we shrink the scale of the movie down mm. instead of like this epic journey from Coney Island to the Bronx. It's like just going down the block. It's like class A to class like E or something. Yeah, maybe it's even yeah. in just one school, one little like massive it. preschool. There we go. So that's my take on the Wallwios. Oh, but the best part is uh, what's the main villain's name? The guy who assassinates Cyrus. Oh damn! He has like this huge feather hair. He's like the one who sets the warriors up. Oh, 
there's this great scene. He follows them all the way back to Coney Island. He's like trying to set them up the whole time. Warriors. I was like, we have beer bottles. We can do this. Oh, we do have beer bottles. He takes he takes three beer bottles and puts index finger, thumb, and middle finger, and then kind of clanks them together Sorry. as the noise we were just making. This I would love to see translated into baby form. And, yes. And he would have bottles. The baby bottles. Warriors, come out and play. <laughs> and that's what was really the impetus for what made me want to pick Warriors. Great. I'm sorry I stole your answer. No, it's cool. I, but, like, I think that's what I put. This was actually a whiteboard question at work, and I definitely put the Warriors on there. I put Warriors there. as well. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll give mine, but I'm also not going to do baby voice. Um, so, because um, I think baby voice is gross. But <laughs> I do kind of like this Please. idea of like big ensemble ensemble casts like with babies. So one of the one of the things that came to my mind was uh, Murder on the Orient Express with babies. <laughs> yes, like the main detective, like the little mustache and everything. Just oh like my god, in baby Inspector Praro in so a good. baby costume. Yeah. Which, like, has everyone here seen it? No. So no. it's a, it's an adaptation of an Attic at the Christie Paro was novel. already kind of like a baby. <laughs> yeah, so he's, like, a main... So she is, like, a series, and it's just this one detective and different mysteries surrounding him. And that was Kenneth Branagh in the new one, right? Yeah, so they remade it with a bunch of people, including uh, Johnny Depp, which, like, blew But, yeah, Kenneth Branagh is a great actor, which really sucks, because, like, overall, the ensemble cast seemed pretty good, but, like, you can't... I don't know. You can't really remake that, I feel like. At least um, kids in 2018 don't know the twists. That's true. Yeah, I don't know if they changed the the twist or the you know the mystery to it. Or Our whatever. friend Tom, who loves Agatha Christie, mm. said it was very faithful. Oh, so sweet. Uh, but yeah, imagine a bunch of babies um, being suspects of a, a murder on the Orient Express. On a Twain. I would love that because you have the classic Ag- Agatha Christie finale where the detective gathers everybody whether it's around the dining table mm-hmm. whether it's in this case in the one train car and is like gonna go on the you know 15 minute monologue about why he's figured out who so who did it yeah i would just love to see each of the babies sitting in full chairs yes little feet dangling off all in their sophisticated <laughs> costumes having to translate shock and awe on their face mm. when Poirot is, like, trying to point fingers at everybody. Like, feel like there's that, that one lady be... always wearing furs, and instead of furs, it's just, like, a stuffed animal, like, wrapped around Ooh. or something. Like, yeah. one of those huge Beanie Baby, like, yes. sleep bags. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge kid person overall, but, like, babies in adorable formal wear is, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. Yeah. Ooh, and then the baby that plays Poirot, just very meticulous and like yeah, that mustache man, bowler hat, curling his mustache. Mm. Yeah, you uh, you know a baby would win an Oscar for that movie. <laughs> baby Oscar. That's a shoe in. Um, cool. It's a great choice. All right, thank you. Who else? Who else has one? I think I should go last because all I keep doing is thinking about movies that would be really funny with babies. So like, I have a ton. Well, I got one along the same lines of Tom Hardy. I feel like The Revenant would be a great <laughs> movie with babies. Oh, no. And it would just be really fucked up, but I feel like that scene where he has to, like, sleep in the, like, hot horse 
would be a great uh, great scene with a baby. <laughs> so you would take it in the he literal... Has the he has to sleep in a hot horse, right? It isn't is the hot bear? bear. It's the... Is it a bear? Well, he's the, he battles the bear. Or no. He battles the bear, but then he has to sleep in the body of a hot, large creature. And I would just love to see a baby having gone through just the, like, like intense traumas of surviving in the woods and like avenging his son's death or all this stuff. So you Except that baby then, is not a baby by the end of that movie because it has seen way too much shit. Ooh, it's a full rapid man. aging through the course of that movie starts yes. as the young innocent and then the un- young innocent fur trapper. Wait, what if it was a, a Benjamin a- Button? So like oh. starts off as a full fledged of a the adult, old but as a octogenarian fur trapper at the beginning, <laughs> and then as the course or who didn't the who didn't have a baby's first fur trapper game yes, while they were growing up? Yeah. You know? Did sleeping in the horse like make him younger? Is that was that the catalyst? Mm. The the blood of the horse. Blood of the horse. I don't know. It's getting into some like weird Elizabeth Bathory stuff now. Ooh. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie Stay Alive? It's based on this video game that's based on the life of Elizabeth Bathory with um, Sophia Bush. It's actually very good. I have not. I mean, I haven't seen it in a, like a minute, so I don't know if it's very good anymore, but it was good when I first saw it. Okay. Um, cool. So, uh, Revenant, I think, is a really great choice. I do love the idea of like baby just surviving in the wilderness. Uh, Sam, want to uh, quickly give us yours? Yeah, sure. So, um... First thing that came to my mind, of course, was Look Who's Talking. Um, and then I thought of the parent trap. Um, then from there, I just kind You're of went downhill. Trap, trap kick, I think. Yeah. And then so I thought of The Godfather. I thought that would make I like, did a think of that really. Too. Yeah. Rugrats. Ooh, once again, sophisticated outfits in baby form. Rugrats did it, right? In the second movie? Oh. I'm thinking about that scene with Sonny at like the, the toll, mm. the toll booth. Just like shot, 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 oh, shot, and the baby's like, bleh, 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 bleh. Oh, that's like really <laughs> fucked up. But <laughs> leave, leave the gun, take the mush carrots. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on from the Godfather, um, then my mind went to Les Mis, which <laughs> I think would have just been like crazy, like babies, but still with voices of adults. And, and then, the baby throws himself off the bridge. Yeah. Nice. I have a quick question about look who's talking. Sure. So would the baby be an adult and would it be Bruce Willis? Oh, interesting. Would it just be It would just be more babies. Bruce Willis. Well, well see here. So I also them. thought about Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Hmm. And when like wouldn't that be funny? But I don't know. Cuz I would love like Kirstie Alley and that all all that other the other characters all as babies freaking out about the birth of a baby and then Bruce Willis just being the dude. Sounds like we'll leave that we have so many great baby options here, guys. Um, we just need to find a really stellar cast of babies now. Um, cool. Well, that was our whiteboard question then. Um, so that that kind of wraps up our episode um, on Locke. So thank you guys for listening. Um, and we're going to be back with, uh, with our next pick. Um, so it'll still be underrated movies. So we're going to go along with that theme for next week as well. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks again for listening with to uh, Butter With That. Yeah. Woo! Cut. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.